Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 156. And today we are back for the second time. Honda Pro Jason! What's up, Frank? Not much, man. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. You? Uh, I'm great, man. Um, you know, for the for the circumstances, for how everything ah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Know. For this, I, I think we're we we've talked. We're we're doing good. Yeah, just gotta stay positive, man, and uh, keep on keeping on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, last time we talked to you was uh, 46 episodes ago. Yep. Episode was- 110. And um, that episode was probably the most infamous episode that we've ever done. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I still get a random email from people or a message from people saying, I just saw the, the message because once that got released, yeah, box was flooded. My DMs were flooded. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe what I just heard. Yeah. Yeah. So, um let's let's talk about that episode a little bit um because this is why i wanted to do this follow-up um we'll give everybody a little backstory on that uh that last podcast we did you were here in california for the iheart honda fest and then uh after that that was in was it fontana right it was in fontana yeah and then uh, after that we came back here to ventura which is probably like a two-hour drive and then we potted it up yeah, we did, and it was it was no holds barred. I mean, we we talked before we potted, and and I asked, "What do you want?" And you said, "Just be honest, just say it like it is." And and we went down some pretty deep rabbit holes and talked about not just my connection with Honda and me as a Honda enthusiast, but talked like pretty deep about me and my family and and how I handle things and my relationships and my children. And so we we went deep, and there was it was some some controversial things that were said. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think it just surprised a lot of people because m- most of the time you're on your uh, you're on your promo tour. You know, whether you're at a show or you're right. at a dealership or something like that, you have something that you have to do. But you and I have known each other for years now. I can't even think. Probably like five years or so. And um, we've had talks behind the scenes and things like that. And I knew what your outlook was on a lot of stuff. But uh, that's why most of it didn't surprise me. But it was just for a lot of people. They got to know a little more about you as a person and your goals and the things that you were doing to uh to achieve those goals and um i think that that's what just surprised a lot of people but i i definitely appreciate you sharing you know because you put those things out there and once it's out there then you find out like hey maybe the way that i think about this situation is different because now i'm getting this guy's perspective or that guy's perspective and all of that wouldn't happen unless you put those your thoughts out there yeah, it was. I mean, it was a little bit of that. It was, I think, a little bit more of just talking to you and just speaking. I mean, everyone's everyone said it. Everyone that's ever talked to a psychologist and 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 that. I mean, that's kind of what the that session was for me. It was it was a great pot. It was great talking to you and just kind of getting some perspective back and forth of you know what I do and what you do and in our relationship and everything. But more than that, for me, it was like sitting down 
on a couch and letting someone listen to me and give me feedback on what I was saying. Yeah. After it was already out there, I was able to listen to it and hear the things that were actually coming out of my mouth, not just what was in my head. Yeah. You know, because you think what's in your head is different than when you say it and then you hear it back. And I heard what I was saying, and I don't know if I really liked everything I was saying, to be honest with you. Yeah. Regardless of other people, because, you know, Frank, if you listen to everyone else, you wouldn't be where you are. And, and if everyone else thought like you, they'd all have, you know, their own companies that were, you know, flourishing and doing good and their own podcasts. And everyone would have a YouTube channel and be traveling the world. Yeah. But the matter is that me and you are different than everybody else out there. That's why we do the things we do. So it wasn't so much other people influenced me as it was hearing what I said for myself. Got you. And, and that that made a big difference and started actually, I started changing the way I viewed life and viewed my family and viewed my time with my family. And it wasn't a switch. It wasn't just all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, okay, so everything's changed now. But it, things started to change a little bit for me and I started appreciating things and looking at things differently. Yeah. Uh, without it affecting my work and then the current situation that we're in now happened yeah which completely changed and it's going to be for me personally when i go back to work because right now i'm not working yeah and so you know depending on when you're listening to this pod the current situation is you know coronavirus is out and covid19 everyone's you know getting it and i'm i'm in south florida I've been in South Florida for the whole winter, but now with COVID-19, I've been self-quarantined for, I think I'm on day 17 or 18 right now. So I haven't like, when I leave the house, I leave the house to get like my mom medication because she's here with us uh, and we'll take like short walks and that's it. Yeah. We're in the house. So it's me, my wife, my four-year-old son and my mom. And spending 19 days with them, it's going to be different when I don't spend the time. Because I'm, I'm loving every minute. Like, yeah. it's just amazing feeling to spend so much time with your family. When I was spending, you know, a few hours a week, if that, with my family. And that was it. Like, I would normally not sleep next to my wife for weeks when I was on the road. And now I sleep next to her every single night. Nice. And that's going to be up switch to go back the other way yeah that's um you know it's good to hear dude i remember in the last pod you said something that you've always wanted a relationship like your parents had your your mom and dad would watch tv together holding Uh hands you know and then (laughs) that's that's so cool you know because i I show that same affection to ashley you know (laughs) and it's it just feels good to to be able to have that person to like build with. And then I, and then after that, I asked you, you know, why, why do you not see yourself going towards that way? And you kind of didn't have a a definite answer. Do things feel a little different now where you just feel a little more, um, you know, affectionate since you're spending a lot more time at home? Uh, Yeah. I I think the affection's about the same. Uh, but I will tell you, I think the, I'm sorry, the affection from my end yeah. is about the same. I think the affection that my, my wife has given me has ramped up now. Nice. Because I'm there, there was a lot, 
and and I've heard this from a lot of people that spend a lot of time away from their homes, that the wife's affection seems to be a little lower when you come back. There's a little bit of a, oh, you're back now. When are you going to leave again? Yeah. You're back, but for how long? Like, that's great to be back, but, right? But now I'm back, and I've been here for, you know, over two weeks, coming up on three weeks, and the fact is that I'm going to be here for another month. So I think the guards let down a little bit. I think the effect has gone up which is cool and uh, with her and and i think with my son too which is great nice how are they doing with the uh with being home they're they're okay and we we get a little you know a little bit of cabin fever here and there and the house that we're in isn't you know it's a two-bedroom house so it's not massive yeah but they're they're doing okay My, my son's keeping busy with like puzzles and a lot of ps4 and video games you know yeah we're, we're we're staying busy, doing the best we can. I have a lot of videos to edit. Um, I haven't really been filming a whole lot, but I have a lot to edit, a lot of social media I can keep doing. But you lo- it's strange because we're forced into this, so you're kind of losing, you lose track of days, you lose track of time. Yeah. So it's different. Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be hard to jump back into that hustler mentality where you're going 24-7, 365, because... You know, for me personally, I'm realizing, yo, maybe that stuff's not even really worth it. You know, I'm, it's, I, it, I, I, I'm with you. And, and me and you both felt the same. Me and you were both like, the harder you hustle, the more you're going to succeed. Yeah. And, and a, a lot of people, a lot of people out there are nine to five, which is great. Or they're, you know, we've talked about this They're, You know, when I'm at work, I work, but when I'm home, I'm home. And for me and a lot of other people that are, you know, successful, when you work, you work. And when you're home, you work. Yeah. And when you you just work, like that's, that's what you do 24 seven and you love it. And it's not even, you know, it's not a job, but I think now people are starting to think that they can still accomplish a lot and not have to do that. Yeah, no, I, I can totally agree with that. Even for us, we're still here. And when I say us, it's just me. I told my guys to uh, stay home and uh, they can work from home, you know, helping with social media and things like that, which because that's that's all part of the pie. It all takes work to do all that stuff. So um, it's just me here at the shop and sometimes it's peaceful. I'll throw on a podcast, throw on some music, take care of work. And um, once I leave here, get home, you know, Ashley's home, Christian's home already. They're home now. Get home, have some dinner, hang out. And it it feels great. You know, and I think one of the things I, I don't know about for you, but for me, when I see some of my peers and then I see how much they're hustling and and what they're doing, it always makes me feel like, man, you could do more. You could do more. And I know you shouldn't look to others, but it's just it's just a natural thing, especially if you feel you're on the same timeline. You guys are doing the same kind of thing, you know, and I think that that's something that I need to personally um, uh that I have a opportunity with is just realizing that, yo, it's time for work. And then after this, it's time for family or time for relaxing or what, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I totally understand. And I'm now that I have the opportunity because my, you know, my social pages aren't as crazy as they once were like a month ago. I think that I have the opportunity now to put my phone away a little bit. Yeah. You know, especially during like dinner time. Cause dinner, we would, we would eat, you know, when I, when I was home or when I was out, you know, I would, I would never cook. Yeah. 
my wife doesn't cook. You know, I have a four-year-old son and my mom. So none of us really cook here until this whole thing happened. We're kind of unable to go out. And now, we, you know, we bought an air fryer, which is amazing, by the way. If you don't have an air fryer, dude, get one. What is it an is air the, fryer? An air fryer is it's like a small convection oven. Okay. It, it looks it's a little bigger than a blender. And it's got a drawer that comes out. And you put all your food in the drawer. And you shut it and you set the temperature and it cooks it. But it'll, it'll cook a, a steak that normally takes like 20 or 30 minutes in like eight minutes. No way. Not a microwave. Because you can also do like French fries and fried foods with very little oil. Uh-huh. Like you can fry pretty much anything. It, it's, it's something that I never even thought I'd want. Yeah. <laughs> but, but now that this is happening, we cook everything in there. Sweet. Absolutely amazing. So we're, we're cooking we're cooking fish. Like my diet's gotten way better. We're cooking a lot more fishes, a lot more fresh, a lot more salads. Yeah. They make, you know, they, they make dinner. I help make dinner. And we sit down. I put my phone away and we sit and we talk and we eat, which is something I'm not used to. So, you know, if, if something's going to come out of this, you know, as an optimist, I want good things to come out of it. Like when we're done, I want to look back and go, wow, I didn't waste my time. Yeah. When I got to know my family better, my wife learned how to cook and we, you know, eat healthier. We get to exercise more, whatever it is. I want to make the most out of the situation. And, I, and I'm not alone. I've seen a lot of people that are doing that. So what, on your end, I know you're kind of in the, in the same kind of position out in Cali as we are. Um, have you been, I mean, your restaurants are closed, right? Takeout only? Yeah, everything's takeout. Um, I th- I'm not sure if the entire nation is the same way, but we've been like this for at least t- two weeks now right but um all of the stuff that we need to do to keep the business running is still open so we still have our shipping company the hardware company our suppliers uh the anodizers they're still open so we don't have that many moving parts to keep everything running so here at the business everything is business as usual minus uh not having the employees here to help out but um other than that uh outside of work We've just been cooking a lot, and we, I mean, Ashley, she's, she's been cooking, yeah, yeah, yeah. but she loves cooking, man, so we, she cooks almost every night, and um, we'll just hang out, you know, Christian's playing, and he does his schoolwork in the, in the morning, he has, uh, like, he has to sign up with his school for the, the Zoom, are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, so he has Zoom with his school, and they have schedules, and then email, so this is I don't know, man. This can definitely be something where this is going to be the new normal. And I keep hearing that so much. And it's making me think like, is this going to be the new normal? Are we going to lose more human connection than we've already lost in the last 10 years? You know, what's really going on? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I think that, you know, we're going to lose. I think we're going to do a nice mix. Yeah. I think it's going to be, a mix of you know, work from home, school from home. Uh, not a hundred percent, but I think maybe a couple days a week, you know, you'll, you'll go to school a couple days a week and you'll stay home a couple days a week. Yeah. You know, it might depend on situations, but I think that people are seeing that they don't need to get up an hour early to fight California traffic just to get to work and then leave, you know, leave an hour, spend an hour in the car just to get home an hour later. That's two hours out of their day. Yeah. That's all that they might not need to do. So they might be able to do that from their house, which would be amazing for a lot of people. Yeah, I really think it's making people evaluate um, maybe their careers that they had 
because the, a, a lot of things that people thought were you know the foundation of of their family is crumbling you know a lot of people are getting laid off and it's it's scary yeah and and, and the problem is is that a lot of people i've talked to that have been laid off a lot of them are just pissed at their employer yeah they're they're mad that they that their employer laid them off or fired them or you know furloughed or whatever the case is they're pissed at their employer and their employer I mean, it's not their fault. They can't do anything about it. They can't just keep you on when they have no business. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, I, I'm talking to probably eight or nine salespeople and service people a day contact me. They're like, hey, listen, I don't have a job anymore. Mm. Like, you know, because most dealerships are keeping like a GM who runs the dealership and a GSM, like the person under them, and maybe a receptionist to answer phone calls. And that's it. Uh, salesmen are gone. Some are working from home, depending on the state you're in. Uh, most service and parts departments are open, but very skeleton staff. Yeah. So it's it's really hard. But they're you know they're calling me and they're like these MFs. You know I I worked for them for eight years and they just fired me. <laughs> well, dude, they don't want to fight. Like they want they're about to lose their business. Yeah. And these dealerships are multi million dollar businesses that have been around some for 30, 40 years. And there's a possibility of them losing everything. It's it's crazy. I don't know how long some of these places can survive if we keep going like this. Yeah, it's scary. I didn't know how many businesses were so close to uh, operating on paycheck to paycheck. Everybody know? says I've that's heard that a lot. crazy, dude. Yeah. Nobody has a savings account or something. You know what's going on? I I, I think it. I just don't think that we realize how much it costs to run a bigger business. So yeah. a dealership, for instance, some dealerships cost three to four million dollars a month to stay in business just to stay, you know, so they have to make that money just to keep going. Wow. You know, so, yeah, no, that's so if they have 12 million dollars in the bank. They have three or four months of no work, and then they're done. That's it. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can scale that down, but as you scale it down, you know, you have a business that it costs hundred thousand dollars a month to, to open. They're losing a hundred thousand dollars a month when they're closed. Yeah, and a lot of people have rent, uh, mortgage, some, and still have to pay their employees something or uh, insurance or whatever. It, you're going to see. There's going to be a lot of businesses that are gone. And it, some of it's going to be, you know, weeding out the, the weak and the ones that really weren't going to make it. But a lot of really good, solid businesses will be lost, and I'm not sure what's going to replace them. Yeah, definitely, man. It's going to be a very trying time this year and following after. You know, even, yeah. even people to this day, they still speak about 2008, like it just happened. Right. I've, right, talked, right. To, I've talked to so many people before – all of this even started and it yeah. just randomly just seems like it comes up in conversation every week or so, you know, not 12 years ago, dude, 12 years ago. And it was not even this crazy. No, no, it wasn't even close. Uh, but, but I think, I think people are remembering like the worst of it. Yeah. And that's great. So, and we haven't even gotten to the worst of where we are. Yeah. Speaking of that, man, um, Florida's, Floridians are Floridian 
ing. <laughs> what? For, Floridians. They're Floridians. What uh? What what happened with everybody on spring break? Still, how do you feel about that, man? Going crazy. So, I, I I have two different thoughts on that. So, um, <laughs> so the deal was spring break was about a week ago, two weeks a week ago. Yeah, and they stay off the beaches, and everyone should you know do six feet away from each other, and and the kids on spring break because they're kids on spring break, they just went out and partied, and they partied. I mean, they were like, you know thousands of them on the beach right next to each other on top of each other just having parties tug of war parties whatever it was and they were yeah. just doing spring break stuff and uh, part of it is i mean part of it's their folks over there yeah but they really weren't told they can't go they were just told that you know we recommend you know they were told this they were told that it only affects old people yeah and um we recommend that you don't gather in large groups and that's pretty much all they really said. And so if you're between the ages of 18 years old and 22 or 23 years old, you don't give a crap what they say. Yeah. If you're not, you're not literally breaking the law and still they might not care. It's spring break. Like they want to enjoy their spring break. And, and I've done spring breaks and there was nothing in the world that was going to hold me back from doing that. Really? It just, it just, oh, it, no, it's just, it's such an important moment and such a spot because you're only going to get a couple of them. Yeah. You don't get breaks like that for the rest of your life. You get spring breaks, you know, through college. So you might get three or four. You lose one of those. Yeah. Big deal. So that it bothered me that they're out there. It bothered me that they got to enjoy themselves while I was self quarantined. <laughs> Honestly, it did. Like, it's like, you know, you're standing outside the window and you're seeing all these people partying, having fun. And you're just like, <laughs> why why am i stuck here that's not fair <laughs> so that, 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 that that's that's how i feel man so that bothered me a lot but J- jason you're about two or three spring breakers <laughs> away from being there dude <laughs> maybe a few more it was i mean and i'm not saying that i want to be on a beach with them I'm just saying that i would love to be out enjoying myself and i was being the responsible one yeah when now, on the, the opposite side is, you know, a lot of these people uh, caught COVID-19. Yeah. And a lot of people are sick now, really sick. So that, that's that's really unfortunate. And I'm, I'm hoping now that people realize how important it is to stay home. But without an order, without a law, just a suggestion to stay home, there's too many other things to do other than stay home. Yeah. And luckily. It's a law. I don't think people are going to do it. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I don't know what's going to happen. And the only thing that really scares me is I genuinely feel that nobody knows what the hell is going on. So, sure, we're just we're just riding till the wheels fall off and then see what where we end up when the dust settles. Yeah. No. No. I want to know what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Yeah. But let's say we got. Let's say we get out of this thing. You know, mid mid May, mid to end of May. Yeah. So all all of the let's just take like all the automotive events that were supposed to happen till the end of May. Uh-huh. Uh, until the end of May. Do all of those get pushed into the summer and just cram all the other events? Do they just cancel them all? What kind of pent up demand? I mean, are you going to see events that normally had a thousand people now are going to have two or three thousand people because people haven't gone anywhere? Like they're 
they have these cars, right? And they built them and they want to show them off. They want to be with their friends. They want to go race. Yeah. You know, people that race and they have, you know, eight to 10 races days or 12 race days a year. Yeah. Now they're going to have five. So what, I'm curious on what's going to happen with that. Well, it really depends on how this thing plays out because if something comes out, some antidote or something like that, where it comes out, it's, 50 bucks and you take this and it's just like a regular flu then yeah business as usual we're back into it but if it just calms down and and people are scared to go out i don't know if we're going to be doing events like that anymore it really depends on what is going to fix the problem that we have at hand and yeah right i i i can't even fathom and none of this no one could figure out but i can't even begin to think about not having events at all yeah like nothing like no more no more events like that at all because you can't have large groups of people around and that's something a year ago it would have never like it wouldn't even cross it like what, what of all things yeah you know you think about like oh well there's like a mass shooting yeah right large event they're like okay so now at events we have to be a little bit more careful and we have people you know armed security and we have different precautions we take but obviously we're still gonna have the events like this could be no more music concerts yeah no more festivals no more car no, shows what what about sports yeah it's definitely I, I mean, like if someone told me you know oh we're not gonna have you're not gonna be able to watch professional sports anymore live be like what world do you live in like that's impossible yeah i don't i don't know i i i hope we get back to normal i hope we do it fast but this this year might be real short yeah i'm just staying positive you know i've always yeah. been the way that a situation is what it is it's on you to see if you're going to take it as a negative or a positive you know at, I, right now i'm taking it as a positive uh, there's less stress on my back, my family's back, you know, uh, Ash, she's not working as much at her work now. Uh, they, they've closed down sales, so there's not even that many employees there. Christian's not going to school. So it, it feels dope, man. We get home, everybody's there and we all have each other to hang out with. We're going on runs and bike rides and cool. just, um, just trying to see the bright side of things. I don't like to focus on the negative of it because there's nothing you can even do about it anyway. I completely agree. Uh, I, I, I try to stay positive everything. The only thing that bothers me a lot is I don't like when things are out of my control. Yeah. That, that's, that's the issue. Like if, if I decide that I'm not, you know, I stop doing, um, I don't go to a couple events or, I don't edit videos and I don't make the money I was making. Well, that's in my control. Like I control that. This dude, I can't leave my house. Yeah. That's like that. That's mind blowing, but you're right. You have to make the most of it and you have to figure out ways to keep yourself occupied and stay positive, not for you, but for your family as well. Like that's super important because you start going negative and it starts going into like, you know, your wife and kids and it can it can turn south really fast yeah and i definitely have to check myself because i have anxiety you know and i wake up and i'm just just 
kind of nervous for what the day is going to bring, but then I have to snap myself out of it. Like, look, there's nothing that you can do right now to change anything. So whatever the situation is, you just got to deal with it. You know, and it um, it brings up kind of a, a talk that I had with Christian the other day. We were going on a, a, a bike ride or a run or something like that, and he's just asking me like, "How do you deal with uh, with things when they're stressful?" And I said, "Well, look, you just put it in in a perspective like this: Can you do anything to fix it at this moment? If you can't, then." Don't worry about it. Whatever is going to come is going to come because you can't affect it anyways. But if there's something you can do about it, then you make a plan and figure it out and then go from there. And while I'm telling him this, I'm trying to tell myself the same thing. You know, look, don't worry about it. It's not like you're the only one in this situation. If if the post office closes tomorrow, okay, so be it. I was I was fortunate enough to stretch this out a little longer than some of my other friends who got laid off or what have you a week ago, you know, but there's no way that I'm complaining about anything right now. I feel that we're in such a fortunate situation and, you know, I'm not super religious person, but I feel like somebody's watching over me and my family because just about two weeks ago, we put in a bid for a house, which was going to take, a lot of our savings and if i would have got that house and then this would have happened dude that that would have been a scary place to be in for sure yeah yeah i I can imagine i can imagine that's that's good advice you gave him though it's really good and it makes sense so that's cool and and it's hard because you know i I still have to deal with that throughout my day is I want to control things that I can't control and I have to keep telling it to myself. And that's why a lot of these podcasts that I talk about these things is not only for the listeners and to have this conversation with the guests, but to tell myself, you know, to keep saying it and keep saying it. And because it's so easy for me to go towards the negative side of things. Right, right, right. I really feel like negativity is in my DNA ever since I was born. And this is the way that I've dealt with things is in a negative way. And and since I've realized that and seen that that's been an opportunity, I've been trying my hardest to steer away from it. But it's hard, man. Like you said earlier, yeah. when you want to change who you are, it's not a switch that you just switch on. It's something that you, you have to focus on and make those changes. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what, but what you said has kept me through a lot of it too. You just said that you're not the only one in this in this situation, and I, I think that helps a lot of people. You know, just seeing, just going through like social media and just seeing that everyone else is in the same position, and you know, people are talking about how, you know, just making fun of like their finger hurting from scrolling so much on their phone. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, literally, we're all day we're just doing that, and you know, we're checking, we're going between CNN and and Fox news and this and that, and seeing what's going on in the world and checking Twitter to see what's trending. And yeah. like, we're, you know, we're so into it. And, and like every morning I wake up and I'm like, you know what today, I'm just going to take the phone. I'm going to put it to the side and we're going to do something else. Yeah. Like, you know, a few hours go by and I'm like, I want to know what's going on in the world. Yeah. You know, Cause it's changing so rapidly. And, and, and just that since everyone is in the same situation, you know, we, I don't know if we said this on film or not, but we're talking about showering and using deodorant. Yeah. You know, and and I laughed with my friends because I was like, dude, I don't remember if I showered today. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're in a routine, right? Like every morning you get up, you shower, you go to work. 
or mm. whatever the case is, I wake up in a hotel, I shower and go to work. But now I wake up, I don't have to go to work. I just sit on my computer and edit or social media. So I might have breakfast and might just forget the shower. For, <laughs> but, hey, but, so uh, let's kind of move off the subject of this. I know it's weighing on everybody's shoulders. I wanted to touch base on it. And I wanted to wish everybody uh, safety, you know, and um, I wish you guys the best right now. But um, this is your time, man. I want to hear more about HPJ's life. <laughs> uh, it seems like that's all we talk about is the the coronavirus, and I'm over it. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm I'm over it too. I, I'm over it too. It's it's it, it's fascinating, and we're, I know we're done talking about it, but it's going to be more interesting in five years when the kids at school are learning this in their history class. Yeah, and we'll be like, dude, we lived it. Yeah, we, you know, we, it's like people talking about the great depression we're like man that's got to be crazy this is this is it like we're going to talk about it so let's let's move forward let's talk about uh well i got something for you so, yes so you uh stay at a lot of hotels right yeah what's the craziest thing that you've ever experienced in a hotel room whether it being maybe something haunted you found something there you heard something what was the weirdest situation that you've ever been in in a hotel room so I wouldn't say a weird situation. Like I, I commonly hear, and I spend just just as a point of reference, I spend about five to six nights in hotel rooms, average on the week when I'm working. So yeah. I'm in hotel rooms all the time, um, and, and it's constant for me to pe- hear people having sex next to me in the other room. Like that's a pretty constant thing. So that's like no surprise anymore. Yeah. I, I did walk into a, a room one time, and it was actually at um, Hotel Irvine mm-hmm. in Irvine, California. And and I'm standing outside, looking out like at the pool through the glass, and I see something in the glass that was like, it was just like a, it wasn't clean. Mm-hmm. It looked strange to me. I didn't understand. I looked at it again, and there were specifically two breasts imprinted in in the screen. So it must have been like I'm assuming sweat of some sort. You could see nipple and the breast pushed up against the the glass. Oh wow! So I, of course, took a photo of it. <laughs> all downstairs, I'm like, "Hey, there's something in my room. I, I need you guys to come up and clean up. Come up with like a cleaning something." A guy comes up. I go, "What does that look like?" He goes, "It looks like a pair of breasts." I'm like, "Yeah." So it was. I'm assuming someone was up against the. Either they were flashing someone or whatever the case was, but you could clearly see breasts. There in that, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, what else? Surpri- you know what surprised surprised me early on, but doesn't anymore. Yeah. Um, how many? I, I'm just gonna call them um, ladies of the night or call girls are in hotel bars. Mm. Like I, I guess I never noticed it before. Yeah. But now you can you can pick them up pretty easily. And especially with when, when the men talk to them and you just see, I guess it kind of makes sense, but it's pretty common. It's pretty comical to sit and watch the, the interaction between the two, the guy and the girl there at the bar, and then they just scurry up to the room or whatever. But that, that, that's pretty commonplace too. It's interesting. No, uh, hauntings or ghosts or anything like that. No hauntings and ghosts. Anything Nothing. like that in your life altogether. 
No. Really? Nothing at all. I don't, I don't, I, I think it's something that when you believe in it, it, uh-huh. it happens because you're open to it. Hmm. Uh, and, and if there, if there is such a thing as a haunting or a ghost, I think the haunting and the ghost has to, you have to want to invite that in. Otherwise they're just not going to be there. Got you. So, so I, and I don't believe in either of them. I don't believe in hauntings or ghosts or spirits or, you know, when, when you're really surprises you. Yes. <clears throat> when, when you're, when you're dead, you're dead. When you're dead, you go in the ground and you're dead. There's no, there's, I don't want to know if I don't I don't I don't want to say if there's something after or not after it, but yeah. the fact you don't have a spirit that's going to come back and either haunt or help or be there for other people, mm-hmm. that's just not how it works. Like there's just when you die, you die. I don't think you can die then come back and help your ex-wife or help your kid in a hard situation. Um, you know, I, I think that you you might think that in your brain and that might help you through the situation. But there's no one actually there. There's no ghost or uh, spirit of a dead loved one that's going to help you through it. Mm-hmm. But I think people that believe in that so much that their brain tells them that they hear things or see things or believe things that are true. Do you believe in energy? Um, I, I believe that if you're, if you're positive, positive things will happen to you. I think if you're negative, negative things will happen to you. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if you look at the world in a negative light, I, I have friends that always look at everything negatively and it's weird how much crap happens to them all the time. <laughs> yeah. All the time. You're like, dude, you bring this on yourself. Yeah. No, I'm just, everything sucks. <laughs> well, you know, so I like, I believe in that, but I don't think there's like someone that's doing that to them. I think they're just doing it to themselves. Yeah. And they're just surround. You know, it's like if you surround yourself with crappy people, you're going to end up crappy. That's yeah. just how it is. Now, uh, back on that that ghost thing, uh-huh. I'm not going to say that. Even though I don't believe in it and I don't see it, I'm not going to walk into like a haunted mansion by myself and just spend the night. You know, walk through a dark, you know, a dark alley. You know, not thinking that. You know, just thinking everything's okay. Like, I don't believe in it, but it also freaks me out if I was in, like, a hotel room and it was pitch black and I heard a noise. I wouldn't be like, oh, there's no such thing. I really don't give a crap. My eyes would be open. I might turn on a light and sleep with the light on. Because why? What are you thinking? (laughs) I'll tell you what it is. I think it's fear of the unknown. Uh Uh-huh. More than fear that Casper the Friendly Ghost is going to pop up and go, I'm the ghost of Christmas past. And I'm going to show you all this crap. Like, or, or my, you know, ghost of my father or my grandfather or whatever is going to show up or someone that died in that room 30 years ago is still haunting that room. Yeah. I, I don't believe in crap like that. But the unknown scares me a little bit because it's the unknown. Yeah. You don't know. So what about aliens? Um, I find it hard to believe uh-huh. that we live in a, we live in a solar, a solar system, right? Mm-hmm. That they say there are hundreds of thousands or millions of other solar systems out there that we're the only people or the only living 
humans or people or aliens, whatever we are, because we're aliens to other people, I guess. Yeah. Out there. Like, there has to be other life. That's what I was looking for. There has to be other life on other planets and other solar systems. It would be impossible that there wasn't. Yeah. But to wrap your head around that, you know, to think, I mean, it's it's hard to wrap your head around how many people live in your city. Yeah. State or your country or the world. And now you're saying, oh, the world's nothing. The people in the world, that's like a piece of dust compared to everything else is out there and your brain's like huh yeah wow what's like that doesn't even make sense to me so yeah i if i was to bet i'd bet that there's other life forms on other planets in other galaxies i don't think me and you will ever see them or hear about them and, and maybe we never ever ever will anybody but i'll bet they're out there well, I'll take that. You know, because I mean, the 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 ghost and stuff, I've never experienced it. You know, um, they're probably here right now, just chilling and watching us. But I'm just not on that dimension where I can see them. And as long as they know, like, hey, I respect you, bro. Just keep doing your thing, whatever you're doing. Don't haunt me. I'm uh, I'm pretty good with that. But as far as aliens. Alien something that is not of this earth, definitely, dude. And I've never experienced one either, but I really want to. So I would rather kick it with an alien than a ghost, for sure. I think I would rather kick it with an alien versus a ghost, for sure. As long as the alien didn't want to kill me. Because mm -hmm. ghosts can't, I mean, ghosts can't really do anything. They're just, they're just a spirit. Yeah. They can't really. I mean, you could, they could probably do something but an alien could eat you or turn you into something or probe you and i'm not down for that would you fight him um sure would i have a choice uh, i like, mean the choice is yours yeah you could just fall on the floor in a in a ball no i'd fight him yeah it, i yeah i'd fight him for sure so uh alien but yeah i'd fight him for sure the other day we were um talking about doing this podcast and luckily you didn't have a shirt on and you're extremely jacked bro <laughs> so tell me the secret what's up with that are you the stunt right. double for jason statham that's allowed <laughs> so i've been uh, i started uh exercising and bodybuilding at like 13 or 14 years old whoa I was super, super skinny, like always like, like just rail skinny, you know, just like nothing. And, um, just, just liked, I wasn't good at any sports. So I just started like weightlifting and just started bodybuilding super early. And I've been kind of bodybuilding on and off since like 13 or 14 years old. And that was, um, 30 some years ago or whatever. So it's always been there no matter if I was in the gym or not. Hmm. And lately, up until this stupid coronavirus thing, I was in the gym for about two or three months solid. So I put on a good 10 pounds of muscle and I felt pretty good. So now I'm just doing like home stuff. But yeah, I've been very lucky. A lot of my friends are quite a bit heavier and fatter. The ones <laughs> that aren't in, oh, that's what happens. So yeah. would you ever have a fist fight with Ryan Hegner? Um, I, I would rather not. I'm not a fighter, man. Because uh, you guys are both jack dudes. <laughs> yeah, that's taller than me, and I'm not a fighter. He'd probably kill me. 
Uh, I'd arm wrestle him. Arm arm wrestle. We'll 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 go toe to toe with that. Maybe we'll do that next time. Next 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 I okay yeah next Ivok is down. I, I I will let's here let's do this. let's officially challenge him now. Uh, arm wrestle, um, and we got to figure out like what the, there has to be a wager of some sort. Maybe not a money wager, but maybe like a uh, you know what? Maybe just maybe just doing it live. Yeah, on social would be enough for the winner and the loser. Oh my goodness. He's got to be down for that, though. If he doesn't take my my challenge, then well, then I win, I guess, by default. <laughs> hey, Ryan's a very competitive person. Okay, then we're down. This is it. <laughs> there we go. It's on, Ryan. I, I love it, dude. Yesterday, I posted, I was on my story and just scrolling through like old times and such. And uh, there was a picture when we were in New York and um, it was for Ibach. I think it was Ibach, Philadelphia, but we were staying in the middle. So we went to the city for the day and um, we ended up getting lost. And he was so frustrated, dude. And I took a picture of him and I could just see this picture. This is like, you know, you know, when you were uh, when your dad was mad or something and you're like, oh, shit, don't ask dad anything right now. He had that look on him. I was like, oh, shit. But he's jacked, bro. So, and you're yeah, jacked too. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> so, um, so have you uh, with those muscles? Have you ripped any of your uh, 365 shirts that you have for this year? Okay, everybody, we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be back in one minute. We all know that there's tons of places you can buy your car parts at, but when you really need help, who's in your corner? When you need parts for your Honda, you need to visit HeelToeAuto.com. Since 2002, Heeltoe has built a reputation for service and support. Let me repeat that, guys. Since 2002. It's 2020 right now. That's a long time of experience, man. These social media slingers and copycat web stores can't match Heeltoe's professionalism. Heeltoe even offers a complete OEM store for all your genuine parts needs. Whether it's for show, race, or just a badass daily, remember that HeeltoeAuto.com is in your corner. And guys, if you're on Instagram, make sure you check them out at Heeltoe Automotive. Please, please go to their page right now, add them, and comment that you heard them on Downtime with Downstar podcast. Next up is Downstar. Downstar is the premium leader in dress-up hardware and engine bay accessories. We have all the nuts and bolts for all your screwing and nutting needs. From engine kits, transmission kits, mount kits, clutch lines, brake kits, t-shirts, skateboards, hats, lighters damn we got it all we we actually have too much guys so if you can please come over and buy some stuff at downstarring.com or check us out at instagram at downstar make sure you give us a follow now back to the show i i, I have i yes <laughs> so i what i do is like so so the the challenge was there's a 366 challenge because leap year you know it was during yeah. six six days in the year um and what happened was my wife Looked at my closet uh, somewhere in like the beginning of December, late uh, November. And she goes, hey, listen, you have all of these shirts that you never wear. Like you have hundreds and hundreds of shirts that are taking up the whole closet. And they're all like Honda shirts. Like people give me shirts. I don't want to throw them away. I buy shirts. You know, they're all pretty much Honda related, you know, like like the one I have now. And 
And she's like, you know, you never ever wear these shirts. You wear like the same eight or nine all the time. Why don't you start getting rid of them? Like give them away to like Goodwill or something. Like, I don't want to give away my shirts. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to wear a different shirt every day of 2020. Yeah. And she's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make a thing out of it. So I have a, a t-shirt contest or not really contest challenge. And every day I wear a different shirt. And most of the time, like I'll, I'll shout out to the people that gave me the shirt. Like I wore one or two downstar shirts yeah, yeah, already. Yeah. Ages and be like, hey, today's Downstar Day. Thank you. But I only wear the shirt one time throughout the year. So the challenge is like now that I wore this this Civic shirt. So this is actually a shirt I got at a, a place called Civic. What was it called? Civic Kitchen and Drink. I found this place on Yelp. It was uh, I think it's in Maryland or something, Virginia maybe. And I went there to go eat because it said Civic. I thought it was cool. And I bought a shirt. It's actually on the back of it. It says crew member. I don't know if you guys, let's see if I can turn around. You guys can tell me if you can see that. Or not. Oh yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah. So it's actually, it's their shirt that only the employees had. And they looked at me crazy. Cause I was like, Hey, can I buy your shirt? And they're like, you want to buy one of our shirts we work in? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm Honda for Jason. It's Honda civic. And they're yeah. like, yeah, here's just take the shirt. So I have one of the shirts and now I wore it for you. So I can never wear the shirt again until 2021. Wow. There's a couple of things I didn't think about. Like, uh, one is, and like you said, some of these shirts were medium size. I wore a large, almost extra large. So I just started cutting the sleeves oh. here. So otherwise, there's really, I don't like things really tight. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm bulging out of it, but the tight arm <laughs> look is. So I just cut the shirts. Um, and there's been a couple of challenges because what I didn't realize is when you wear a shirt, I need to put it somewhere so I don't wear it again accidentally. Yeah. So now I have my closet filled with the shirts I'm going to wear. Now I have another closet and a drawer full of shirts I've already worn. Because uh -huh. I can't mix them up. Yeah. Like in the first like eight or nine days, it's easy not to wear the same shirt. But then you get to like, I'm on uh, day, this is day number 92. Oh, wow. <laughs> Second day of the year. Mm. And you get confused on what shirts you wore and didn't wear. Yeah. So this one will be easy because it'll be on the pod. And so I'll be able to definitely tell I wore this. But yeah, the shirt will get washed and then go into a drawer where I won't touch it until next year. And then I think I'm going to give uh, I, I am going to give away a lot of these to like um, like a resale shop or something because I, I don't need. I probably have 600 shirts to tell you the truth. What? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, wow. it, it's out of control. You're out of control, man. You have to be though. <laughs> I love it. Hey, do you uh, did you ever think about making your own shirts? Um, yeah, I have a couple of shirts that say like in the know on them, and I, I make special shirts for like when I go uh, with Honda on the media drives. Yeah, you know, I was just back from media drive from the uh, CRV hybrid, which is the last one I went to before we were all quarantined, and I had a special shirt made, and it says um, Honda CRV hybrid. And then on the back, it has all the features that the new hybrid has for 2020. Mm. And I wear that on the media drive, and everyone thinks it's funny and really cool. And there's another one I made. Uh, it says Honda CRV Hybrid, made in the USA since 2020, which I thought is kind of funny because yeah. they, they're making in the US. And so I make sure it's like that, but I haven't really started a line where I start to sell them. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I probably could and should, but that's like, as you know, apparel or actually just e-commerce is like a whole nother world yeah compared to what i'm doing so i'd almost want to hire someone i design the shirts have them print them and make them and sell them 
and keep that off my plate because that's one thing I just don't I don't need to get going right now. You know, I, I yeah, uh, a lot of companies uh, do that. You know, who I think is started to do that is um, Noah from Funk Fashion, uh, Prince R Us. If yeah, I'm yeah. not mistaken, I think I saw him do a post the other day, which was saying the same thing. You know, they'll inventory it, they'll print it, they'll ship it, and then you get a commission check out of it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I I love promoting other people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of, like, always been my thing. Like, I just, I, I mean, I, I like promoting myself, too, but I'm really, I would rather wear someone else's merch and... You know, just like people are always asking me, oh, why don't you do like an event? Why don't you do a hundred for Jason events? I'd rather go to someone else's event and support them than have my own events. Yeah. I, I just, me, I just get more out of it. I feel better when I wear a Downstar shirt than where I, when I wear like a hundred for Jason shirt. But, and, and maybe for those reasons, but I also want my brand out there. Yeah. Your brand is bigger because of, you know, partially because of stickers and apparel. You know, I mean, you know, people wouldn't if if you didn't put your name on your bolts, if you didn't sell shirts and hats and stickers with your name on them, there'd be no way your company would be as big as it is today. So I mean, it helps advertise when your name's out there on other people and in their base and everything. So there's something to be said about that. I just haven't really gone down that avenue too hard yet. Has that ever interested you in wanting to have some sort of product on people's cars instead of maybe just a pair on stickers? Not, not really. Because mm-hmm. if I don't want to put, I don't want to put my name on something. I want to engineer it. You know, before I put just slap my name on something, it would have to be something that I would help engineer or help build. And for me, it's just like I don't. I just think it's kind of, and I'm no no disrespect to anybody out there that does this, but for me, it's just kind of a a cheap way to make money. If you're just going to be like, okay, cool, there's a bolt that's already made, I'm just going to throw my name on it and take some of the profit, or there's a turbo or whatever it is, and I'm just going to use someone else's turbo and just put my name on it, which I know happens all the time, and, yeah. I, and I get. It. But for me, if I was going to do an engine part, let's say I was going to do an exhaust system. I'd want to help engineer that exhaust system to really make it mine. And then I'd put my name on it saying, Hey, listen, I helped engineer this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, I would have liked my name on the new special or limited edition civic type R that's coming out in 2021. Yeah. The yellow one. Yeah. Let's talk about it, man. It's on my list. So, so, Honda's coming out with a very, very, very limited edition Civic Type R in Phoenix Yellow. Uh, so limited that the world's only get a th- the world is only going to get a thousand. It's only coming in one trim. Uh, U.S. is getting six hundred. Now there's double. There's more than double that in dealerships. So each dealership will get a half a car, or every other dealership will get a car. Oh wow! And that's it. So and when they're gone, they're gone. And it's a, it's basically, it's an exact copy of my own personal car, the way I built it. So I, I built, you know, my own Civic Type R. I, I bought a Civic Type R from, you know, from Honda, from a dealership, um, uh, Mohawk Honda up in uh, Schenectady, New York. And three months after I had it, I had the whole car ripped apart. All, every bolt, every nut, every fastener, all the glass, all the rubber, all the way down to the frame. And I had it sprayed Phoenix yellow because I really thought the car would look great 
in the Civic Type R, Integra Type R, Phoenix Yellow color. Mm-hmm. So I, I did. It was my vision. It was something I did myself. And then I replaced the hood scoop with a carbon fiber dry hood scoop. And then I replaced the roof with a dry carbon fiber roof. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And people on social media went crazy. Everyone at every event thinks it's amazing. It's just it really, really looks good on the car. Fast forward to now, Honda announced maybe three, four months ago that they were going to come out with a Civic Type R in Phoenix Yellow mm-hmm. in a very limited edition with a black hood scoop and a black roof. Hmm. Exactly. And they took the rear wiper off and they literally made my exact car. Like they took my car and they rebuilt it. Yeah. They're selling it. Uh, and, and that's something that I would want my name on. Hell yeah. That I really think should be an HPJ edition or maybe somewhere where it says, you know, inspired by Honda Pro Jason. I don't want any money for it. I don't want, I just want some credit because that's what they did. I mean, they, there's no, there's no hiding the fact that they took my idea and ran with it so much that I was at an event recently where there was someone from Honda from Japan and one of the media asked them straight out, can you tell me on the record, did you guys take Honda Pro Jason's idea and that's where you got this idea from for the new limited edition? And they said, yes, we took his. Now, it, it's it's surprising that he said yes, but no surprising that's what happened. I, yeah. I, was, I was the first one to do it. Um, everybody in Honda knows. I mean, I, I know everyone in Honda. Everyone knows me. It's not like I built it and it sits in the garage. Yeah. It was a major event. All the Honda execs saw it. It was in California. It was in Torrance. It was at Honda's headquarters. Uh, people from Japan came out to look at the car and take photos of the car. So everybody at Honda knows who what it is. All the enthusiasts know what it is. So when they came out with it, obvious what they did. And it's an honor for me. I mean... They're a billion-dollar corporation, and they took an idea of some enthusiast, and they put it in production. Like, that's crazy, but as far as putting my name on a part, that's something that I I would put my name on because it was my idea. Yeah. So that, that's how I feel, and my, my canned response to everyone, because they ask me all the time, are you mad that Honda took your idea and stole it from you? Yes. So my, my, no, no, no. My response is this. My response is this. I sold Honda's color. Honda stole my idea. It wasn't my color. Phoenix Yellow, I didn't develop. They developed it. I took it from them. And then they took my idea. So we're we're kind of even. You don't have to say that. That's what I say, bro. That's it. I'll say it for you. Because I've had a lot of people steal my ideas. And if... What would have made it happy is not that they call it the Downsire Edition or anything like that. Would be for them to tell me, not publicly anything, just to say that I was inspired by what you do. I would be super happy. Now, if they were to tell you that, that would be awesome. But for them not to tell you that or to even just give you that, like you do so much for Honda. Why can't they just put a little plaque on there? It wouldn't cost anything. Right. Right. You know, even abbreviate it so it's not your your name, HPJ. Right. You just put something in in the VIN, HPJ yeah. something, whatever. You know what? They could put it 
any owner's manual. They could put it in the foreword of a, a, a brochure. Yeah. That, and you know what? Those things might not be made yet. In fact, the car is not made yet. Yeah. So um, Honda has Honda has shut down other manufacturers around the world. Mm. Uh, completely shut down. They're not making any cars anywhere in the world. They shut that down uh, about two weeks ago. So, um, so they're making, they're not making any cars whatsoever. The longer that lasts, the less chance we're going to get a yellow limited Civic type R. Because if, if this, if they don't make cars till, let's just say the end of the year, Mm -hmm. they still need to make all of these cars for the demand of regular cars. Yeah. You know, Civics and Accords and Pilots and, and Odysseys and all the regular cars, they need to ramp up all that production, which they were almost full production or 120% production before. Now they need to ramp that up. And if they don't have enough time, the things that are going to get cut out are going to be Civic Type R limited edition. It yeah. may never ever get built, or it might have to wait till 2022 or 2023, which means it'll be the new body style. So even though they said it was coming, now with this whole COVID thing, they might accident. So it it may never happen. Are you trying to of, get one? I will not be getting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I'm, I was kind of torn for a while. So they announced they announced pricing over in Europe today, and it's about six thousand dollars more than a regular Type R. Mm-hmm. So let's put a regular Type R at. You know, thirty-seven thousand. So now you're looking at like what is that, forty-four thousand, mm-hmm. uh, forty-three thousand, which is a steal until the dealerships get it. Yeah, right. And they're going to mark it up, maybe whatever the market bears. And the market before this whole COVID thing, the market would bear. Prob- I'm guessing about eighty. Honestly, there's only <laughs> a, there's a thousand of them. It's one of the most, it, it is the most limited edition Honda ever hit the U.S. More limited edition than Mugen Civic, more limited edition than the CRS 2000. And Mugen Civics are going for mad crazy money. Yeah. And it, and that was, that was literally a Civic SI that Mugen sent some accessories on that they installed in Canada and then shipped the cars out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like Mugen built this amazing race car. Yeah. So this car is even more limited, even nicer, built by Honda, 100%. It's, it's, and people are going to pay whatever they can afford. And before this COVID thing, I could totally see them going for 80000 So let's say they sold for 80000 and I was able to get one for whatever, $60,000, $70,000. let us just say I got a deal on one. I'd feel really weird about driving and putting miles on it mm-hmm. because it's kind of a collector's item. But also, why would I buy a car and not drive it? So for that reason, I decided not to buy it. Uh, my my next my next Civic Type R will be a uh, twenty twenty two, which will be the new whatever the new body style is. Oh, that's when they're going to switch it up twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty one will be the last year of the tenth gen, uh, and then twenty twenty two will be a new tenth gen and. I don't know if they'll do a Type R the first year or not. I'm hoping they will. Yeah. So I, I have, 
I have some ideas on my own head on what it's going to be. I don't know if I should can share those or not share those. Fuck it, bro. They didn't name it after you. Might as well yeah, throw some of their secrets out. So this is what I think. <laughs> and I have to preface this by by saying that uh, the information I'm about to give you is information that I've thought of myself. This is not information I got from anyone in Honda. This is not insider information. This wasn't. This isn't uh, embargoed information. This is just in my own head. This is what I think. So Honda has already uh, come out and said by 2020, I think they're 2023 or 2024 in Europe, all Hondas will be electrified. Mm -hmm. So every single Honda will be somehow electrified, not just every model, but every trim. So they will not sell a car that's 100% gasoline in Europe after, let's call it 2023. Now, they'll have a new Civic Type R in Europe. They're not just going to say no more Civic Type R for Europe. It's been out in Europe longer and it's been more popular than it was here in the U.S., which means that the next Civic Type R is going to be some sort of electrification or hybrid. Mm -hmm. it, it has to be, otherwise it wouldn't sell it there. So they're not going to make a hybrid engine because that's not the way. To, you can't make a performance hybrid engine unless you did all-wheel drive, mm -hmm. which is what they did with the NSX. So what I think is the next Type R is going to be an all-wheel drive, hmm. hybrid, front-engine gas, rear-engine electric motors. Wow. Right? It'll be the same thing as the NSX is, just opposite. So instead of being rear-wheel drive with front electric motors like the NSX is, it will be front-wheel drive with rear electric motors. Now, here's the crazy part. I have a set of rear electric motors waiting almost ready for production yeah. in Northern California waiting to go on my car. It was supposed to be done by uh, this August. Hopefully, you're still on, on time schedule for that, which means that I will have electric motors in my car before Honda announces what I think will be their electric motor setup. Whoa. So, I'll be a year and a half in advance, which will be pretty crazy. I thought you were going to have that done for SEMA last year. So, SEMA 2018, it was actually unveiled mm. with a company, Orbis. Um, they, they, had some, they had some manufacturing issues that they never thought would come up. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the system was all open, and they never, I don't know if they never thought or they never tested for, you know, rain, snow, ice, sleet, hail, mud, dirt, getting into the gears. Mm -hmm. So, then they had to seal the system. Mm. So making the same system, but then resealing it up, keeping the weight, keeping the unsprung weight the same, keeping the, the inertia and everything inside the same. The look has to be the same. It can't look that much different than it was before. That was kind of their concept. Uh, it took a while. And now they're in the final production stages. They had a, at one time, they had to lower the uh, power slightly because they were overheating over time. Um, you know, this is, this is not something they want to use for a racetrack for just a quarter mile. They mm -hmm. want someone to be able to drive around this as a daily and then use the electric motors. And what they are is they're essentially uh, electric hubs that they replace your rear wheel hub assembly with a rim and everything together and the motors in the center. And the motor spins propelling the wheels forward. And that, that's the concept. And they've had proof of concept and they've been running it on their own Civic Type R for a couple of years now. And last I spoke with uh, the CEO of the company, Marcus, he had told me that they're looking at August to have them on my car, uh, batteries installed, and I'll be able to drive it home from Northern California back, which would be awesome. So hopefully that's still the case, and 
my car is still in North Cal, so or oh. in our South. It's in our Southern Cal, so I'll bring it up there hopefully. Where's the car at now? Uh, right now, the car. I think the car is with Hyundai right now. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then a new fuel system that they want to install, and then uh, the car got tuned. So they it just put down uh, actually two days ago. Uh, put down 454 horsepower. I saw so, that, dude. Dude, that's I, I'm impressed. That's that's I mean, by no means I, I don't know what your your M4 puts down, but it's pretty solid. What what does your M4 put down? About that. <laughs> and how much does it weigh? We'll test I, it out. I'm at ah. 31. We said we were gonna run before. We gotta figure that out. I'm not. I'm not that far from Honda. Yeah. And plus, they're not giving out tickets for speeding now, so I'm driving like a psychopath through the side streets anyway. Did you hear what happened in Germany today, or the? I should say the other day. They just announced it today. No. So some guy got his a BMW i8. Okay. Impounded, taken away, and I believe they're gonna destroy it. And this, the reason why is he was caught street racing on a facebook video that he posted yeah from four or five months ago he posted his speed at 120 miles an hour which isn't really that fast light in a, in a 65 in germany and they they found the video they found him they found the car and they took it away and supposedly he had like a bunch of modifications done to it and they estimated the value at around three hundred eighty-five U.S. a hundred, three hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. What? Hold the car because it's illegal street race, and they have the law. They have the the legal right to impound your car and crush it. And so, because of the video, if he would never put a video, he would have never got caught. So he put the video out there, and he got caught, and they're crushing his car. That's that the re- like, that's the reason I don't go to Germany. <laughs> you ever hear people say that? Some like right. random thing that happens, and they're like, "That's why I never go to Florida." Like, right? <laughs> yeah, there's there's like a stabbing in like, yeah, Australia, and they're like, "That's why I never." And they've never been out of their own state. That's why. <laughs> yeah. God, dude, yeah. <laughs> wow, 120. That that kind of scares me because that's not that's not that uh that fast. No, no, not, I mean, not to call myself out because there's no video you know, out there that I'm doing this, but 120 is kind of a, I mean, I'll do, when I have my car, I'll do 120, maybe not the day on the daily, but kind of close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not like, Oh my God, I just did 120 miles an hour. It's like, Oh, Oh, I'm doing 120. Like, okay. Yeah. So I remember when we were in, um, Boston and you took me for a ride in it and that, that thing was getting up. Oh, that's right. That was a good night. It was, man. I don't know if we talked about this on the last pod. I remember we were talking about it a little bit on that the live that we just did a couple weeks back. But um, that was fun, man. That was a good time. You had an early flight, and so did I. And we just said, uh, let's just stay up all night. And we were just driving around Boston taking pictures and hanging out. Yeah, we did. You had, um, you had a rent a car. Yeah. I don't know what you did with that. You either left it in my place, maybe. Yeah, oh, and then sorry, we picked we, up your car. Yeah, we never even went to sleep. Yeah, yeah we went to go pick up my car because my car was somewhere else. We took your car, I think, and picked up my car. Yeah. And then we went out. We went to the baseball stadium. We went out to like some 24-hour bakery and sat and talked. 
street for like hours. Uh, yeah. We did something because you're right. And then and then I dropped you off at the airport. And I don't remember what I did with my car, but I ended up at the airport too because I watched the sunrise from the airport. It was that was a cool night. It was, man. Those are one of those random nights where we could have just said, ah, let's just call it a night, but we ended up having a great time. Yeah. And we, yeah, we, we were at that bakery and we were talking to that dude that's lived there since 1900. And he's just yeah, telling, us, <laughs> telling us the whole history of the block with uh, <laughs> while we're eating a cannoli. Yeah. Oh, that was a good cannoli, too. That was cool. That was a good time. We've we talked about this a little bit, or at least we've alluded to it. We've spent a lot of nights together, not together, together. But Pause, the, yeah. we spent the whole night together. <laughs> yeah. It's happened more than once or twice. Yeah. And they've that, been epic. There was that time that we went to uh, Grid Life and we had that big ass tent. Remember that? Yeah, we <laughs> it, was, spent- it was a 20 person <laughs> tent. It was, it was a, yeah, it was, it was, that was actually, who's, I think that was my friend's or our friend's tent. Cause I don't think you spent the night in your own tent. No, no, that was, I had went with Kevin, right hand drive Kev and we, yeah, yeah. cause he lived in Georgia. So we went to a Walmart, <coughs> excuse me, I got the Rona. Um, thank you. But, um, we went to Walmart and we bought a 20 person tent and everything that we needed. Cause we were just going to return it anyways. Oh, that's right. It was your tent we were in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I remember we did go into one of our buddies, small little pop tent. And there was like four dudes in that little tiny ass tent. And, uh, <laughs> and then, and then we went back to the big tent and, uh, you were just, you were just sharing HPJ stories, which are some of the most awesome stories I've ever heard. We, we shared a, yeah, I shared a lot of personal stories that <laughs> those, those kind of stories I like keeping more for like just me and you. Definitely. I mean, they're like my good, good friends know some of them and there's some, there's some crazy, crazy stories, non Honda related, of course. I love them, man. So I always yeah. say you're a wild man, dude. So what we've been, um, we've been overseas together too, right? Or have we not? Mm, the only place would have been Japan, because yeah, no, we never, been, never been Japan with you. No, you I been, don't think so. Have you been to Europe? I just went to uh, Mims in London, but that was just okay. Big Mike and I. Yeah, huh? Maybe not. we got we gotta change that. I'm with it. I'm 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 in Europe. I'm normally I'm out there four or five times a year, so. Maybe next time you go for one of these shows, you could tell them, hey, you want me to bring this extremely handsome guy, Downstar, to come judge or something? Not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't know if I told you, but you were brought up quite a bit in uh, Puerto Rico. Really? Oh, my God, dude. Uh, Puerto Rico and Guatemala both, but more recently Puerto Rico because I was just there. And and they're huge fans of they have a lot of your downstar products they have a lot of downstar shirts and hats and really like well you, you know i i always i always take photos when i travel the world on anything downstar yeah and i'm like hey dude hello from the netherlands hello from you know indonesia wherever the hell i see in uh downstar stuff and you're like dude that's so cool yeah and i think uh puerto rico because it's not far yeah and it's still u.s which is cool uh, next time I go out to a Puerto Rican event, you have to come with. Let me know. I th- 
yeah, you, you'd, you'd be well received. There'd be a lot of fun. So yeah, we got to figure that out. Dope, man. I love it, dude. I like, I like to, that's why I like going to these events just to hang out with people and talk to people and, you know, just see how they live life and, and try to be a part of their circle for the day or however long we're hanging out. You know, I, I don't like to be Frank Downstar. You know, I like to just hang out with people and, you know, talk about things and just realize why they do what they do instead of being like a personality or something like that, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, that's why I like when my, my real friends go to events with me. That's why I like, you know, like like when you're at an event with me, I like that because after the event we can hang out and I don't have to for Jason. I can just be Jason and chill and BS and, if I want to have an alcoholic drink, I can. If I want to partake in something else, you know, I can because I'm with my friend. Yeah. So I like those times and they, they mean a lot to me. So Good, man. Likewise, dude. I love these kind of stories because yeah. this is what makes it all worth it. You know, I always tell people that I, I feel like I could write a book with things that they don't know or things that they've never seen before because we only show them what we allow. That's true. And we've been through a, a, a lot of cool stuff together. Um, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I'm glad we were able to get you back. I don't want to cut it off, but I just wanted to tell you, man, I'm glad we're able to get you back on the pod and um, be able to touch base with you from the last pod. And uh, it, it's been awesome. I've been seeing the, you interacting with your family and more videos of your children up and things like that. And it's cool. It's really, really cool to see. Yeah, it's nice. And I'm not... I mean, I, I like to, I like to bring them into what I'm doing, but I also know that, you know, my, my fan base is Honda related. Yeah. Just like, just like me, if I was going on, you know, if, if I, if I was following you because I love bolts, you know, nuts and bolts and hardware. Yeah. Started posting about, you know, televisions. I'd be like, dude, I don't. I don't really give a shit about televisions. Like I, I follow you because of your bolts and your hardware. So get back to that. That's why I was, I'm not really, I wasn't really interested in bringing my family in too much because they're not really part of the Honda community. Yeah. But when, you know, my son sits behind the steering wheel of a Honda or my wife's driving her Mugen HRV or she has a Honda shirt on then I'm like, you know, I can bring them in a little bit more. And I've gotten some really good reactions. Like people, you know, they're saying hi to my son or hi to my wife and it's it's cool it's fun to have them in in our circle now you know so i like that yeah that is cool man um i i feel what you're saying and i just don't like to put myself in a certain type of box you know Uh, right right that's why i have two social medias i have the one that's specifically for downstar which the only thing we post on there is downstar related things and sure, sure. mix a little bit in of, you know, my lifestyle or what have you. But when you go to Frank Downstar, then you see everything, what what the behind the scenes. So I like that, too, because you get to show people that there's more to us than just nuts and bolts, you know. And right, right. I think people would enjoy that from you to be able to know what you're going through in life and things like that. And maybe... Because the way that you see it, you wouldn't want to follow somebody because you're just thinking like, well, I don't care about this dude. I just care about his CTR. I don't care about his family or anything like that. But that's you. You're not looking at it the other way, how people are looking at you. You know? 
I guess I never thought about that. But yeah, you're you're totally right. And um, I I get messages from people on Instagram. They're like, hey, listen, you know, would you follow me back on Instagram? And I look at their Instagram, and I'm like, I, most of your pictures are like you and your family, and you like might have a one or two photos of your car. I go, I, I, you know, as nice as I can be to you, yeah, saying this, but I, I only follow, I only follow people that their whole Instagram is their car or Honda or Honda related stuff. Otherwise, I, I don't, I don't want to make this like crazy, but I really don't care about you and your family. Like, not enough. I care about you and your family as like I care about other people and like. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. But but as far as like following me on social, I. I don't want that in my newsfeed. My newsfeed is packed enough. I need to keep it work related. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I feel you. But yeah, I mean, you you branched off a lot with like Christian and like on his like skateboard thing, and like that's that's fun to watch. And it's really cool to see him grow. Yeah. And you know, I'm because I every time I see like a a skateboard video or something that you do with him, I keep thinking in my head like, wow, he's gonna be like. 30 years old one day yeah and we'll be able to look back at this and go dude look look where you were and look where you are now like you were some like kind of you were just like some kid you know and learning everything was like new and and frank like what do i like i don't know what to do like i i saw a girl the other day and she looked at me i don't know what (laughs) you know then all of a sudden it'll be 30 it'll just be like sup you know it'll be like it'll be seasoned you know it's great so it's it's able to think ahead and you sharing those moments now will make it so much more when he gets older i think for for everybody so it's it's neat yeah definitely and it's it's so cool the age that he's at now because when i was his age we didn't have all this digital media uh if you wanted to take a picture you would have to have film inside of there and you'd have to have the camera and batteries or whatever but now we have the world in the palm of our hands, dude. I have so many videos of him since he was, you know, a young kid till now. Sure. And sure. Uh, even for skateboarding, uh, one of these days I want to do like a little video together from where he started at to where he's at now and put all the clips together and stuff. But uh, yeah, I want to show him how to edit. And, and he's coming up with his own edits. He edits on his phone. And it's, That's cool. It's awesome, man. It's awesome to see him embracing the uh, the social media and the digital side of things because he has to. That's where his life is going to be at in the future. Yeah. So um, one, one other thing I wanted to touch on is yeah. um, the uh, special edition that you had of the uh, Max Boost book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Oh, my gosh. It's so crazy. So, uh, is that is that the, the, the regular Max Boost? Yeah, it's the regular one. I don't have the special edition one, but um, I'll just send you my address. So Yeah, please. <laughs> I was I was told uh, by Dennis, who, uh-huh. who uh, the creator of Max Boost, that I'd be getting one. So, here here's, here's what happened. Uh, I'm at SEMA. I'm at SEMA last year, so November 2019, and I'm I'm filming. And I took a break from filming, and I'm walking by through the Honda booth where I spend most of my time, and I see this guy like drawing Honda stuff. There's this kind of crowd around him. He's drawing like Honda cartoons, and I'm looking. I'm like, who? What is he doing? Who is this guy? And I look down, and I see Max Boost, which is an old comic from. Um, Importuner. 
Import tuner, thank you. I was like, it's, so I'm looking and I'm like, that looks like Max Bruce from Import Tuner. And all of a sudden the guy looks up, he stops drawing, he goes, holy crap, it's Hunter for Jason. I go, hey, what's going on? He goes, hey, I'm Dennis. I'm the, the creator of Max Bruce. I'm like, dude, nice, nice to meet you. Like, I'm, I know, I know Max Bruce. I didn't know him. Like, I, don't, I didn't know the creator behind it. I just remember the cartoon, you know, or, and uh, the comic. And so he's like, oh my God, it's so great to meet you. I'm a big fan of yours. And I'm like, taking back going, like, you know who I am? Oh, yeah, yeah, And so we start talking back and forth, and it happened to be my birthday. Okay. And, but, you know, they got in the conversation somehow. He goes, you know, would you mind if I drew your car? I go, no, not at all. Like my yellow Civic Type R. He goes, show me a picture of your car facing this way, and I'll drive. So I found a picture of my car. It was facing the wrong way, so I just, like, flipped it real quick, gave it to him. And he starts drawing, like, cartooning my car. It turned out unbelievable. The cartoon turned out so the comic, I should say, turned out so good that he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm coming out with a book, my volume one Max Boost book, and I'm going to put your car in it. I go, what? He said, I'm going to put your car in it. You know what? I'm going to put you in it too. So me and you are going to take a photo, and I'm going to put you in the in the book and your car. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this is basically, I mean, it's a dream come true. Unbelievable. So we we stay in contact, right? We're talking back and forth. We're Spending, we've done a couple of videos. We're spending time on the phone, BSing back and forth. And he goes, you know, how would you like a special edition cover with your car in it? I'm like, uh, yeah, like, why would you even ask me that? So we had some logistics we went through and it ends up that he made a limited run with my car on the cover of Max Boost. So if you look at the cover of yours, there's, I think there's a green, uh, the actual boy, I think there's a green cover. Is that right? Yeah, it's a green yeah. uh, Civic Type R or something. Right, right, right. So, in the special edition, that's Phoenix Yellow. Oh, okay, got you. All right, so for Jason on the front of it, it's really, really cool. It's got my wheels on and everything. So, um, so we did that, and then we did a little autograph. So my autograph is in the book along with his autograph, and I believe I'm getting a couple for myself. So when I say when you say send me your address, I'll 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 send you one. Oh, dude, that would be awesome, man. Dude, it, it, it's it's crazy the stuff that the stuff i've been able to do and experience and i'm i mean not to be weird but i'm just a guy that loves honda yeah not i wasn't born from someone famous i don't have any lineage to to mr honda or i didn't you know i never even worked for the company i just worked at a dealership i was a salesman that loves a brand had a vision went for it with everything I had, gave up everything in my life to pursue this passion I had. And because of that, you know, my car is on the cover of the uh, special edition Max Boost magazine, you know, a book. Yeah. I, I've been able to fly the Honda jet. Like Honda makes a $5 million jet. Honda allowed me to fly it, not fly in it, but literally fly the jet by myself, like on my own with a pilot next to me. <laughs> Uh, I've been in the jet three times. I've flown it once. I was able to drive the the mean mower, which is the, the fastest lawnmower in the world. Honda built it as a CBR RR engine in a riding lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> zero to zero to sixty or zero to hundred is like two point nine seconds. Whoa. It's supposed to be one of the most dangerous vehicles because there's I mean, it's it's a lawnmower. Yeah. There's suspension. There's no roll cage. There's no seatbelts. There's no safety whatsoever in it. So if you if you lose control, which isn't hard to do, the wheels are there are twelve inch wheels, maybe even smaller than that. Maybe they're ten inch wheels. So, and the the steering went like that. 
That was pretty much it. There wasn't much more to it. I mean, it's a riding lawnmower with an extremely high horsepower engine. If you lost control of that while you were driving it, you probably could die. Yeah. Or you might get really so I was able to drive that. Um I, I've flown to, to the U I've flown to the UK to watch my own Civic Type R being built at the factory, which no one's ever done, and I got to film it. Uh I, I flew out to uh, Norway to go watch the unveiling of the Honda E, which is Honda's electric car. I've been to countless unveilings, countless different um, line-off celebrations where Honda celebrates with their own employees the beginning of a run of a new car, either the Pilot or the Ridgeline. Or I've, I've been to one for the lawnmower where it's Honda employees only and me in the factory. So, I mean, I've been able to do some amazing, incredible things just for my passion that I had for one brand. Which, again, I'm nobody special. You know, I'm just a dude that loves the brand. And because of that, I've gotten to do things beyond my wildest dreams. And I'm not done. There's plenty more that I'm going to do, which, which I, I'm excited and can't wait. So I don't know how we got on that tangent, but kids, follow your dreams. Follow your follow dreams. No, definitely, dude. How I feel about it is just a anybody can do it. You just need to direct your time and energy into one certain thing, and you can make it as far as you want. And I think that that's where we were on the first episode. I understood your mindset and because I knew what goal that you had. And to accomplish that goal, it's reality. You have to do the things that you were doing. But yeah like we've come to find out is you don't have to get to that place in two years. You can stretch it out for right. four years and now you're going to have four years of memories instead of two years of memories. I remember I had a talk with uh, Javier from uh, H day OGS and yeah, he yeah. told me one time um, he said, life is a marathon. It's not a race. You know, like it's that. just, it's it's just it's just a cliche thing, but once you think about it, you're like, you know what? That's right. If I can get there in two years, but I'm gonna have to sacrifice a lot, or I can get there in four years and not have to sacrifice so much. I mean, we're still in the marathon, you know. That's true. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And for other people to think about it, saying, "Well, I'd rather do it in two years," maybe they don't have much to lose. They don't have a family that they're leaving at home disappointing like you and I have. You know, if somebody was in that circumstance where they were single, they could do whatever they want. They don't have to answer to anybody. You could make it there in a year. But then there's the other side of things. When you get there, you're there by yourself. I, that's true. I, I, I agree with everything you said except for getting there. Because I think successful people never reach their goals. Yeah, I don't think they ever get to where they want to be. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've accomplished everything I want to. I've never like. There's been steps, like, oh yeah, cool. Like, you know, I reached a uh, hundred thousand on uh, YouTube. You know, just as an example. Yeah, got to fly the Honda. I think there's experiences or steps that we've we've achieved, but I I've never sat back and said. I made it. Yeah. It's no, five years, I but I you. made it. Those that are successful never make it. Yeah. They just keep 
going higher and higher and higher and higher. And that's what I think keeps those of us that do that keeps us pushing. Yeah, no, definitely different milestones. You know, I've yeah. reached so many different milestones in my life and I love that feeling of reaching a milestone. But even for me right now, I don't have any milestone that I'm working towards. I just right. know what it takes. You just got to keep feeding the machine and right. we're going to end up somewhere. You know, when I first started Downstar, I didn't think that I was going to be at this point that I'm at right now. This was never a goal or even an idea of mine. Exactly. I feel the same way. So we'll, we'll see where things go. You know, even with this this trying year, I'm excited to see where things go because this is this is mixing everything up. If you would have asked me in 2000 at SEMA, if you would have asked me, what does your 2020 look like? Ten or nine of the months already spoken for. It was already right. spoken for. And I as much as I love to go to these events, do these things, these meets or what have you. It's kind of nice to switch it up a little bit and say, hey, I don't know where we're going to be at this summer, but we're going to make the best out of it. Yeah, I, I, I think those of us that attend events as, as vendors or as media, I think we're going to be much busier at the end of 2020 than we were at the end of 2019. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be a good it. year, man. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a good year. Because yeah. any time that I've ever been put through the ringer, always a rainbow at the end, you know. I, I, I agree, and that that's what makes us. They say it, again a cliche, but it, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I think that you know, and I've looked back at previous relationships, uh, work history, and all the crap, like all the all the crap I had to deal with in past work made me you know better now more prepared stronger Definitely. all the stuff in previous relationships has made me much stronger and much more aware of the relationship i'm in now so this bs about what we're going through in the world right now most of us will come out of it much stronger and more prepared for the future which will be a, a much much better for everybody definitely man well jason dude i i appreciate you uh giving us some of your time um i i wish you the best i wish you your family the best and i i love to see this new space that you're in man yeah it's cool man i appreciate that and thanks for the opportunity to talk to you and, and everyone that watches this and if you guys don't subscribe to uh downtown with downstar do it now because the episodes bro i i could spend a whole episode talking about your previous episodes <laughs> I, some of the people that you've had on and these are some of the people you've had on, I consider friends of mine. Uh, at BC, yeah, you had BC on. I consider BC a friend of mine. Like I talked to him, you know, outside of the the work thing and the stories he told. I was like, I never like. I was like, I never knew that. That's un that's unbelievable. And and just to hear people talk because most of the time you talk to someone, you talk to them for five ten minutes. Yeah. When you talk to them for hours. And that's when you can tell if you listen to the very beginning of this conversation compared to the end of the conversation, it gets much deeper and more detailed towards the end than it does at the beginning. So if you guys want to learn more about people that you admire or just learn more about people in general, you got to watch some, some of your podcasts are stupendous and stupendous. And I'm so happy you're doing them. So you're, Thank you. you're, you're doing the world and, and the community a, a great, great value. So good job. 
Damn, that means a lot to me, bro. Thank you so much. We're putting a lot of hard work into this and it's not about money or business or anything like that. You know, even the right, same right. with me, um, not with you, because we've had countless interactions and conversations and things like that. But say one of our last guests that we had on was uh, Jonathan Wong, JDM Wong. You know, I've yeah. known him for years and we probably had a collective of 30 minute conversation from the entire time that I've known him. So to have somebody like that be able to sit down and I could ask him anything without anybody interrupting, dude, it's invaluable. That's true too. You're right. There's always someone there going, oh, and then the conversation switches and then it's gone. So this, this is like a one-on-one. And, and honestly, I mean, from, from where I'm looking at right now, I'm, I'm staring at my phone, right? And I, I see your, your background, I see you. And at the beginning of the conversation, I saw myself up in the corner and there's still a video of me up in the corner. I can see it, but I never noticed it. Like yeah. it was literally talking to you, even though we're 2000 something miles away, it was, it was like being there. Thank so you, man. That. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So before we get out of here, where can people find you at? Just Honda Pro Jason, look up Honda Pro Jason, put it right in Google search. I don't care if you're on Twitter, on YouTube, on uh, LinkedIn, if you're on Yelp. Twitter, it doesn't matter. I'm on all social media and all social media is all under Honda Pro Jason. I love it, dude. Jason, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And um, another thank you to uh, Hilltoe Automotive. Um, Hilltoe is actually our sponsor and um, it's dope to have uh, have them on board. You know, they've been around since 2002 and Marcus is an OG, man. We were, we were actually hanging out at SEMA. I, I I have some stories that maybe some other time I'll share with you, with me and him. And we, we spent a lot of time together. I'm a huge fan of his company and of him personally. So great guy. Yeah, me too, man. We're, we're happy to have him on board. So make sure you guys check, cool. him, out, check him out at Hilltoe Automotive or on the website at HiltoeAuto.com. And uh, thank you guys for your support. Thank you for listening. Jason, once again, thank you for your time, man. This is episode 156 and we out. Peace.